Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to the SB Nation NFL show, where shocker alert, we love the NFL. A reminder before we keep going that this show, like all of our shows here at SB Nation, uh, is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. This is Monday Football Monday specifically, where we are going to recap everything that happened in the NFL on Sunday afternoon. I say we, she is the fantastic Rachelle Prevet on the ones and twos, as always, keeping this ship afloat. I am RG Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys, home of the 10 and 3 Dallas Cowboys. And joining me, as he always does, from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, home of the 10 and 3 Kansas City Chiefs, is SB Nation's Pete Sweeney. You can see Pete and I on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. You can, of course, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Search for the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe. Leave a rating, write a review. Pedro, happy Monday to you, flannel friend. Yes, hello. Happy Monday. I'm really excited to be getting into the final stretch of the season because you start seeing Kornacki on your screen, playoff percentages. Uh, you get I could, the, do with, I could do without. You get the in the hunt graphic. I, I don't know why you're such a khaki hater. And and speaking, man, of, of in the hunt, how about these spicy Detroit Lions, RJ? The Detroit Lions are certainly in the mix. They tripled, uh, their, they tripled their playoff odds, playoff percentages, however you want to look at them, um, not just on their own, but thanks to what happened around them on Sunday afternoon. And to talk about the Detroit Lions, who got an impressive 34-23 to win as favorites over the 10-win Minnesota Vikings, speaking of double-digit wins, from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit, their fearless leader, Jeremy Reisman. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us here Woo! at Monday Football Monday. Hey. Uh, congratulations. Um, the Detroit Lions got their tails whipped by the Cowboys, and that inspired them. And now, all of a sudden, they're a good football team. <laughs> yeah, tails whipped is a bit of an exaggeration. But, yeah, no, the Lions have been playing definitely some inspired football as of late. And, uh, yeah, Sunday's was kind of a culmination of, of really a month's work of, of really good football play, which is a uh, Exciting. Not not something we're accustomed to seeing, especially this late in well, the season. It, I don't know how to make I don't, I don't know what to make of this. Like Jared Goff is playing so well. Panay Sewell had an incredible third down conversion. That was kind of the, the big sort of low hanging fruit moment for everybody. Jamison Williams caught a touchdown. By the way, Jamison Williams, you know, one of the more electrifying players in the NFL. Now, finally, a part of this mix. It was kind of a, a really functional win. Um, You know, I, I, I mean, I, I hate that this idea like I know Dan Campbell in his postgame press conference was talking about. Uh, it's been 20 years or whatever since the Lions have had this success. They were a successful team. Like the like they have been to the playoffs like in, in recent years. Like people kind of overlooked that. That being said, uh, you took down a 10-win team that you were favored against at home. Like you checked all of the boxes, and it wasn't a big Amonra St. Brown game or 
DeAndre Swift. It was just everybody kind of rallying together and doing their job. Is this who the Lions are now in your estimation? It, on offense, yeah. They, they have a lot of weapons. And it's something really, I think, that we've been kind of missed a big games. Amon Ra was dealing with an ankle injury early in the season. And those are two really good players. Um, and and you, you combine that with uh, DeAndre Swift, who also was dealing with an injury most of the season. And now, like you said, Jameson Williams, Jared Goff has a pretty good uh, set of receivers. And, and that's not even talking about their strongest unit on the team, which is their offensive line, which kept Jared Goff clean on, on Sunday against a, a pair of really good pass rushers on the Vikings team. So offensively speaking, yeah, I, I really do think this is a, a, a win by committee. And, uh, and Jared Goff deserves a ton of credit, too. I mean, he, he has to be making the passes. Someone has to be putting the ball in these guys' hands, and, and he's doing it. And uh, over over the past three, four weeks, I'm not sure anyone has done it better than he is. Now, I think I have, I have a bigger question about, I think, the the picture of Detroit right now, because this is a one and six start to a season. But at six and seven, where, and I'd mentioned it, and I'm kind of joking about it, you're seeing the Lions legitimately in the in the hunt graphic. Is this the most excited you think the Lions fans have been in what a, a decade or so? This has been this has to be very, very exciting times in Detroit. Yeah, I mean that they haven't made the, the playoffs since 2016. Uh the last time they probably had a team that looked this complete was 2014 back in the the Indomitian Sioux days where they looked that in. Jeremy. We don't we don't can we let the can we let the man's home here? cooking is how it ended. Um, um, <laughs> but no, I mean uh, it, it's not just the fact that they they've won five out of six. It's not just the fact that the offense is putting up um I, I think it was the fifth game in a row they've put up twenty-five points, which is the first time that's happened in Lions history since the 50s, uh, basically the last time that this team won some championships. So uh, anytime you're kind of digging up Lions history in the 50s, that's probably usually a good sign. But it, it's just, it's an all-around effort. It's, I, I, the reason why the Lions have really gone on this winning streak here, the offense has been good all year. The defense is really what started to turn around. And that's something that that's really promising because that defense is led by a bunch of young players, first and second year guys who, you know, if they're improving this year, how are they going to look next year? How are they going to look the year after that? And and that's really, I think, the reason why there's a lot of optimism. Yeah, there's a 20% chance this team makes the playoffs, and they could very well run the table the way that they're playing right now. But as we know, the NFL, the way the NFL works, you're bound to slip up at, at one point or another. So even if they don't make the playoffs, I think the reason why everyone is so excited is this team is young and headed in the right direction. And so the the idea and the hope is that this carries over into 2023 and they they hit the ground running. You know, they are 0-10-1 to start 2021 oh and or um one one and six to start this year if they get a bit of a head start next year and they're not digging themselves out of last place in the nfl this team could really make a lot of noise in 2023 and i think that's the reason why most people are excited probably since um the most since yeah that 2014 season to your point jeremy i mean they picked up their first road win under dan campbell like a month ago right i mean and, and then you know like i mean you know it, it's all right. kind of happened quickly but I don't know. You, you tell me, like, I understand the excitement. I have to imagine there's some level of, of maybe relief is maybe the best way to put it, because Dan Campbell is this kind of caricature. And, and and up until maybe the last month, it had all been kind of empty. It had all been just kind of that superficial, you know, top heavy, you know, storyline kneecaps and all the little tropes that everybody was kind of sticking to. And I, I, I would imagine the relief is like, no, like there's proof of concept here. Like, again, even yeah. it would be super disappointing to not be a playoff team when you when you're already this close and and you deal with that. But to your point, it's it's uh, it's exciting. Like, it's not just, well, let's look forward to the draft. There, there's a follow up to that. There, there's the draft and then the season. This is a team that is finally finding itself, at least in our estimation. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, 
there was kind of that inauspicious moment this year where the owner who doesn't really talk to the media that much, although more than her predecessors, comes down and says, hey, we we believe in this group of players and, and these group of coaches and, and these group of you know general managers and all that sort of stuff. They came down when when the team was one in five this year. And, and anytime the owner is coming down and like has to make that statement publicly, it's never a good sign, right? That's always like a okay, they're they're on the verge, like they're they're sending a public message here to say if if things aren't turning around quickly, th- this could be the end soon. And listen, like I think Lions fans had given Dan Campbell kind of an extended honeymoon period, given where this team was when, when Matt Patricia was fired. Um, but at the same time, one in six is kind of a tough sell when, when you're in year two of a rebuild. Now it turns out everyone was right in that situation. This, this, this whole process did require some patience. It did require some allowing these young players on both sides of the ball to learn and get better and, and improve from their mistakes. And so yeah, I, I think I think you're at a moment now where it's just like like you said. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Proof of concept. Um, the the way Dan Campbell is building this team and, and the way they're they're building the roster with the young players is starting to work out. Now, progress isn't always linear. The Lions still have to 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 continue to to play well down the the final four weeks of the season. And like I said, they have to get off to a better start next year. But at this point, I think the the there's enough confidence that. Now you can raise the bar here. Now you can raise the bar in Detroit and have this be the expectation next year. So it's scary, probably a scary thing for Lions fans because you're not really ever expected in, in Detroit to go into a season as probably, I would imagine, contenders for, for the NFC North at the very least, um, let alone a, a playoff spot. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time in Detroit. And, uh, and yeah, Dan Campbell is, is, is a popular man here, I would say, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that if you, you listen to this podcast frequently, you know that I'm a Dan Campbell man as opposed to RJ, who is not. RJ does not like the Dan Campbell oh, shtick. The, the trope is just annoying, but, whatever. But I mean, go ahead. You can't question five wins in six games. Let's go Lions. So you have Jared Goff here, and we just did a temperature check of, of sorts on, on Campbell. You have Goff with over 3,300 yards, 22 touchdowns now, seven interceptions. He is looking more like that guy that we saw in the height of L.A. recently than what has been disappointing football the last couple seasons. Where's everybody at on Goff? Is, 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 I see on SpotRack, and, and, I'm, and I'm not exactly sure, but it looks like there's a potential out next year, but there are two years still left on the deal. Where where does the team stand with Goff? Well, if, if you believe all the, the reports coming out of Allen Park, it, it certainly sounds like they, they support the guy, and they, they really have said everything publicly um, to, in support of that guy. Lions fans are kind of on a roller coaster of emotions with him. You know, he, he did start out the season really well. And then he had a, a, a four game stretch where I think he turned the ball over seven times and the Lions I don't think won a game in that era. And and he's really come on again. And he's to me, these last two or three games have been where he's really impressed me the most. I, I see a lot of confidence in his game. And I, I think that makes sense. Um, not only does he have an offensive line that he can trust, but he's clearly developed chemistry with some of his, his receivers that he just it took a while for that to come. DJ Chark didn't again hasn't played a lot, but now he's healthy. Now he's fully go, and and there's there's a connection there. Jameson Williams is starting to come on, and 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 he's already had that with Josh Reynolds and Amon Raz is borderline superstar status right now. So it's 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 a trust that he has in his receivers that yeah, of course that took a while to develop. I I don't know why uh, why anyone would have expected anything else. So the contract situation is interesting. I think he's going to be over a thirty million cap hit next year, but you, you can I think get twenty of that back if you let him go. Obviously, the Lions are in a position where if they they see a quarterback that that's available at the, in the top ten, they're probably going to have a top ten pick from that Stafford trade in the Rams. Um, but it, it's hard to argue when your offense is is playing like a top five unit in the NFL right now, and and it's not like Goff's contract is is that ridiculous. I mean, thirty million a year at this point 
is what like the the, the bottom set of a, of the top 10 it it's not it's not really that much of a ridiculous number especially if he's playing at the level he is right now so i think the lines are maybe in a good position where like they don't have to force a quarterback in in the draft next year but when when you have that sort of draft capital and if you think a guy is there i think you get him anyways and i, I hate to always bring it back to the the one example that that proved out to be the the best way you can handle your quarterback situation but it in a way it is kind of like the chiefs right it is yeah. kind of like an alex smith Patrick Mahomes situation. So if there is a guy out there right. that you really like, go ahead and get him. If not, like you got Alex Smith, you you got Jared Goff. It's not that bad of a situation. So um, the lines can, and I know, I know in yeah. that situation that the Chiefs got aggressive and traded up because they really liked Mahomes. But I, I, think, I think the lines don't necessarily have these past couple of years when it worked with Alex and Patrick and, and failed. But I think the scenario you're bringing up is perfect. Like Jared Goff is good. It's probably the best he's played, but we know what his ceiling is. And so why not go and, and take another shot? And RJ, I'll, I'll throw right. it back to you there. The Goff arc, very similar to Alex um, from San Francisco to Kansas City. Although granted, I mean, Goff had more success in L.A. than, right. than Alex did in, in San Francisco. Um, Jeremy, my last one is, I mean, you mentioned expectations kind of changing or, or raising the bar. Um Again, I, I understand that, you know, 20% is 20%, right? And I understand if, if Seattle loses on Thursday night, right? If, if some some likely things happen this week, um, then, you know, Detroit could could end this week with a 50% probability towards making the playoffs. And that obviously gets everybody really excited. But but what what is fair? What what what, what how has that changed? What what is what is measurably fair to expect differently of the lines now that they've sort of arrived? Well, for the rest of the season, I think it's just it's it's finishing strong. And and listen, winning out is is certainly a possibility they have to beat the jets on the road this week for for that to even that conversation to even continue i think a 3 and 1 finish might get them in the playoffs but it it's it much it's much tougher but i think you have to realize as a lions fan that a 3 and 1 finish to the season is not considered a failure even if you don't make the playoffs that means they were 8 and 2 down the stretch you can't really be upset with that and so it it's just continued growth it's it's not you know letting down at the end of the season i know there are certain scenarios that lions fans are already thinking up that that would be just disastrous they go three and oh in the first you know the first three of these next four and then they lose in lambo to a, a, a packers team that's probably packed it in and then they miss the playoffs because that yeah that would hurt but at the same time uh you have to look at the bigger picture here and and look at the bigger growth that this team is having and i mean to me it's just it's just like having fun right now because lions fans aren't accustomed to a lot of fun they're winning games by throwing to offensive tackles and fake punting and 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 this offense like i said it's just it's masterful to work to watch work and uh and with with the status of offensive coordinator ben johnson which i really think is going to be a hot name on, on head coaching candidates this upcoming year I, I think the lions fans would be wise to just kind of enjoy these last four games as as they come mm. and uh and hope um, for something special it's a good time to be in the 313 jamie reisman from Prada detroit thank you so much for joining us um pete never believed i always that, did that's um, not so true. congratulations that's not um, true. on the big win um <laughs> you deserve it panay sewell jameson williams times are good um have a great day or else Honestly, more like Jeremy Selleck Thanks with so. that, that mustache he has. <laughs> Am I right? Um, you know, this is a podcast, so there's a lot of people who have no idea what you're talking oh, about. So. That thing purrs. Um, wow. All right. Um, you ready? Yeah. You ready to buckle Let's up? Dance. You ready to fly through this yeah. stuff? Yeah. I want to dance with What's somebody. What's a dance? I want to feel the heat with somebody. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I guess if you had to, like... If you had to dance, like mm -hmm. what, what would you feel comfortable? Like, would you want a two step? Would you want to like salsa? Like what, what do you feel comfortable if I had to throw you into the deep end? You got to pull off a dance right now. A lot of people watch. I think I would, I would bend backwards and, and do sort of a, a, a shimmy shake. 
you know, I, I have a, I'm very, fl- so this is like, you're going solo. You're not mm. partnering up with somebody. Well, you, you can, you can partner up. You could go solo. I'm, I'm a very, very flexible wedding dancer. People who have been in weddings with me know this, uh, you know, that mm. the circle I can, see can really torque my body. You know, you think Patrick Mahomes has some interesting arm angles. Uh, you should see big swings dance angles for a little, for a little while. Patty wasn't refusing to lose. He was acquiescing to losing, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Uh, the Buffalo Bills um, hold on yeah. to beat the New York Jets 20 to 12. Kind of a slow, sluggish game, but but an impressive win. Nonetheless, uh, Bills now kind of starting to stack division wins. They hadn't had one in forever. Got a big time division game this coming Saturday. We have three Saturday games next week, by the way. Um, so there'll be three games for us to you know look further back in time when we talk about them next week. But the Bills win 20 to 12. The Jets fall to seven and six, Pete. But the Bills join your Chiefs and my Cowboys in the 10 win club this season. Yeah, I think the story from this game is not so much the division win, although that was important. Buffalo badly needed to get this before they they sort of let the the Jets back into it. But I I know we can talk a little bit more about the game, but but what was interesting to me is the Jets were in this the entire time and Buffalo came into this year as a team that was supposed to be a lot better than the Jets. And I, I think the two points that are most interesting to me came after the game with a reporter saying to Josh Allen that the, the, the offense right. isn't Super Bowl caliber and very awkwardly just says, okay. And then on the other side for Robert Sala, who has been a little Rob Stradamus this year, I will say, in when the Jets stunk uh, early. The, re- the receipts. Said receipts comment, yeah. And had it not been for a Chargers win last night, they would be sitting in the seventh seed. They're right there. And now you have him saying, I think we'll see this team again. And I think a reporter said, well, what makes you say that? And he, he just said, I just think we will. And so it's just there's a little bit of, of spice. And I think he's earned the right to be able to say that confidently. Now we'll see if the Jets are, are able to turn it around and actually get into this this dance. But it's two teams that I think are having their identity questioned in a sense. The Jets in a good way because they're in a game with the Buffalo Bills. They, they were able to cover in this game. And then you have Buffalo who is winning and wins or wins, right? You, any given Sunday, you can be upset. We've believe me, I know. We've seen any, we've seen a lot of upsets this year. We've seen potential upsets between our two teams yesterday, RJ, and right. and and they're getting the wins. So that's that's the bottom line. But they look a little bit more vulnerable, I feel, than they they really felt at the beginning of the season. And that should be a joy to these other AFC contenders, uh, especially as they're trying to to get into that AFC buy mix. Um. I have a, a big bill stop I'm quickly on the Jets. They just feel so limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mike White got hurt and he's expected to play Saturday, um, you know, and that's fine. I mean, but but there's I mean, and the Mike White story is really fine, but they they, they are going to be the Broncos of last year. Right. But, oh, they're a quarterback away. Right. Yeah. You know, they're going to, you know, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall's coming back and Michael Carter and the defense, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they are going to be the hot ticket for. Like if Lamar Jackson does hit free agency, I know that's a name I've said a lot a million times. If Jared Goff hits free agency, we, you know we, lo- I mean? we like, love to play the alternate reality game, but my God, that w- stupid win against the Rams. Imagine in Trevor Lawrence yeah. clicking. Uh, we'll get to him, but imagine Trevor Lawrence clicking right now with this Jets defense. They would be Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah. Did I say 2019 and 2020? 2020. 2020. Um, no, you're right. And and just in case anyone doesn't remember that in the 2020, the um, the Jets had a, a it was like this time of year. It was like week 14, week 15, um, just kind of a meaningless, you know, they were already out of the race, but yeah. it, it was kind of the tank for Trevor experience. Uh, they won that game, uh, which set Trevor Lawrence up to Jacksonville in the 2021 NFL draft. 
Um, and you're right. Like, you know, there's, I, I have to imagine there are Jets fans, you know, was that really worth it? It'd be funny if Jared Goff actually became the, uh, the Jets quarterback, given that he was yes. the Rams quarterback that day. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be, um, interesting. Um, on the bill side of things, I, this is going to sound like an insult to the chiefs kingdom that I am a, an honorary member, of, but I promise <laughs> I, I mean it with love. Self-dubbed um, honorary member. Let's, the, let's make that clear. In the early parts of last season, there was a huge sense of entitlement among Chiefs fans. I think you would agree. Like, if you put yourself back there, remember Tyron Matthew calls him out. What was it like? They're the most toxic fan base ever, whatever the line was. Um, there was this huge, like, we're supposed to be doing differently. Like, like there was some, some huge supposed to energy. And I feel like that supposed to energy has transferred over the bills or over to the bills, excuse me. Like we're, we're supposed to be, you know, blowing these guys out, whatever. So like the question at the end, that's a silly question to ask Josh Allen in the moment, obviously. But I mean, like there is some supposed to vibes around this team. Like when, what was the last game that the bills like floored it? Like where you felt like the bills like exerted their will. I, I thought, you know, there was no way the bills or Eagles were going to be able to return to their earlier form of the season. The Eagles have, the Eagles yeah, have returned have. to that juggernaut form. But what was the last bills win that was like demonstrative? I mean, they, they held on against these Jets. Right. It was a, a kind of a tough game against the Patriots on Probably Thursday night. They squeaked out the win against the Lions. Week five, it looks like. I mean, yeah. I mean, is it week five? I mean, maybe some people would say, so that was over the Steelers. Maybe some people would say the next week at Arrowhead, because it's Arrowhead, whatever. But they didn't look like, whoa. But since then, since, even the if you called it the Arrowhead the Chief, game. The Bills, it, it's worth noting this, and I'm happy to say it. The Bills have dominated the Chiefs in the regular season in the past. I wouldn't consider a four-point win having your way with some of the Chiefs had a chance to win that game. Okay, but it, if, if you assigned quality to it because okay. of the, yeah. again. Then probably so, week six. Like it, but they didn't come out. Right, they've so come okay. out of the bye in the sludge as you're describing it. So starting in week eight, like you're saying after the bye, they beat the Packers um, on Sunday night and they did kind of have their way with them. So maybe, maybe I would give them that, but then they lost to the jets. They almost lost, or they did lose to the Vikings. Excuse me. They blew that, that huge lead. They barely. And then I will say they've kind of had this weird little run. That's why I was excited to see them. Cause they, they had the game in Detroit that was, you know, not supposed to be in Detroit, but the snowstorm, whatever, then Thanksgiving, then Thursday night. So it was finally a chance to kind of get back and okay. It's a division rival, but, Go go blast the Dolphins. Look what look what the Chargers just did, yeah. and we'll get there. If the Chargers wax the Dolphins, you should have your way with yeah. them. So I'm I'm really really anxious to see the Bills kind of show their their force once again. Just wonder about the Allen playing through this injury. I, I also think that that was a key part of their season because he just has not looked the same throwing the football since, and it 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 may not be some. It it looks like one of those things that may not be normal, quote unquote normal Allen, until we get to next year. And, and is, um, is that going to be enough to win the AFC? I, I just don't think so. Right. I just don't think so. Um, I just wanted to say, I saw Jeremy just tweeted this. Um, obviously, he was just here. But um, he quote tweeted a tweet that Jared Goff unthrows of 10 or more yards against the Vikings. 10 of 12 for 203 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, yeah, if that dude is the quarterback of the Jets next year, watch out. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Pete, survived. I say survived. I mean, they won pretty handily. Yeah. 23 to 10. Um, against the Cleveland Browns, the Deshaun Watson era off to a rough start. Um, obviously off the field, it's off and has been off to a horrendous start, but they are one and one, um, with the one win barely happening against the Texans without an offensive touchdown. They did get one in this game. Deshaun connected with David Njoku for a 13 yard touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, but the Bengals were pretty much in control for this entire game. Um, Jamar Chase, you know, is, is moving and grooving. Samaj P. Ryan looks good. Joe Burrow doing his thing. 
Um, not 300 yards, but but a very efficient performance. I don't know that he's really. I, you know, I'm very interested to talk MVP with you when we get to a certain point. But Joe Burrow's hanging out on the outside of that club. Uh, but this performance isn't going to move the needle too much. No, I I think right now everyone's kind of behind the scenes smiling as Cleveland looked way better with with Jacoby Brissett than they have Deshaun Watson. I, I think that that's become pretty clear. I think this was an important win for Cincinnati. They struggle with Cleveland for whatever reason, and and that's especially with the run game, the the Chubb Hunt tandem. Chubb fourteen for thirty four, two point four yards per rush. Hunt four attempts for six yards, one point five. And Hunt is a a back that really usually gets it going through it the pass game. He was only two receptions for for six yards. So I just thought defensively that that was important for for them to to hit and. You you think about that conversation that we just had with Buffalo, where it seems like Buffalo, in a way, is holding on, in a sense. Right. You blink here, and Cincinnati is clicking again. Yeah, at like the right time. In the night. Right. Five in right. a row. They have a matchup here now coming up with the Bucks. They're going to steamroll the Tampa Bay Bucks with with the way that that they have been looking lately. To me, I just think this is such an efficient and scary football team. You can talk about teams that could come out of the AFC and and I have been saying it since before the season you know I I know I I represent Kansas City but this Cincinnati team has has never gotten the respect it deserved for being within a drive of winning the championship and here you have the the final stretch of the season and they're going to be right there again and if the Chiefs and and Bills are, are are not careful especially with Cincinnati getting an opportunity to play the Bills directly you may blink and Cincinnati may be the AFC by team and so We'll see how it goes. We've been talking about their game at home in the jungle against the Bills. That is the final Monday night football game of the season in week 17. To your point, if, if Kansas City slips up, we, you know, we'll get there. Um, you know, that that could swing things. Yeah. And that could be like the the movement on the, you know, in the MVP race that I was kind of talking about a moment ago. I will say, I, I think the, the like, I don't want to call it the doubt, but the slow belief in the Bengals has been fair based on their playoff run last year. And I don't like want to, you know, relitigate that, but they, they kind of barely beat the Raiders in the wild card round, right? They they barely beat the Titans when Joe Burrow was sacked a billion times. I mean, you know, it took a, a huge collapse by the Chiefs in the AFC title game, right? Like, you're right. They did almost win the Super Bowl, but like all those things felt so unlikely to repeat themselves. And to their credit, they have become a team that that hasn't, you know, ridden the the coattails of luck but just a team that's really you know better than everybody else i mean they are what are they seven and four or i mean sorry nine and four they're seven and two since starting off oh and two i mean that's pretty nuts and those those two losses i mean you know it's pittsburgh whatever tj Watt, blah 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 and then they ran into a cowboys team that, that kind of figured themselves out in the moment so um cincinnati watch out i respect you um i don't like the black jerseys though i've said that a million times yeah i'm just not a fan I, i'm not I'm, I'm not such a a jersey guy like yourself but i'm not I, at least for me, Cincinnati has black in their logo. My biggest pet peeve, I've said it before, but my biggest pet peeve is, is just making up black as part of your colors to do the blackout. I, I just don't like that. My logo. problem, again, isn't that black is a part of their logo, but the black jerseys, the, the stripes are orange mm. on them. The, the stripes are not orange on a tiger. They are black on a tiger. Right. And so on their helmet, it's an orange helmet with black stripes. That makes sense. That looks like a tiger. But you can't have the black jersey with the orange stripes. It's completely contradictory. And these are the, so these are the Bengals. They're not. They're not. The, the pumpkins they're not the cincinnati pumpkins October, right October, not, the, not the cincinnati halloween right. totally it's, it's december already let's let's switch seasons come on 
Um, let's switch games. The Philadelphia Eagles destroyed the New York Giants. Mm. Sorry, Pete. Uh, you grew up. <laughs> Pete, Pete is a young boy on, on the streets of New York was a, a New York football Giants That's fan. Right. But the, them Giants can't get it together. No. Uh, 48 to 22. Uh, the final score, a lambasting of the New York Giants, who are winless since November 13th, although they do have the tie against the Commanders last week. They'll see the Commanders again this week on Sunday Night Football. Um, I definitely want to touch on the Giants part of this, but I mentioned this. The front runner for MVP right now is Jalen Hurts, especially with Patrick Mahomes kind of, I don't want to say suffering. Um, you know, the, the, the Chiefs won. That's ultimately what matters the most, but, but kind of a, a slower performance. Jalen Hurts has not had those bumps in the road. The, the Eagles, you know, performance against the Colts was suspect, whatever. But that was so long ago. The timing of it works out for, for him. I think the, the only person who can catch him is, is Mahomes if he goes off um, or Joe Burrow, obviously, if things work out in favor of the Bengals. But this is Jalen Hurts' thing to lose. And again, as I mentioned, the Eagles have – it was unlikely. I think there was a lot of history. We talked about this on The Look Ahead a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, it was unlikely that the Eagles would return to their, their form pre their first loss, but they have done so. I, I, I certainly have doubts in the Giants, but this was an impressive win. They took yes. care of a bad football team um, uh, and locked up a playoff spot. Yeah. It's it's Jalen Hurts' award to lose and, and look no further than the conference standings. I feel like I, I can speak on behalf of, of Philly fans and Kansas City fans as part of, of covering the Andy Reid, Donna Kelsey teams here. I think that like Philly fans and, and Kansas City fans do not care about the MVP. But it, outside looking in, it, it is a two-man race. And right now, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have switched Jalen Hurts to the favorite, which to me is is deserved. He's minus 175. Patrick Mahomes has fallen to plus 200. The next one is Joe Burrow at plus 750. And then there is a complete drop. Josh Allen is, is plus 2,000. He is not winning it. Tua, sorry to Dolphins fans. He is out of the mix, in my opinion. So two-man race. And if you want to say, okay, if Cincinnati goes on a late surge, maybe Joe Burrow gets into that mix. The bottom line is this. If Buffalo were to keep the bye, Jalen Hurts is going to win because the NFC is going to the Eagles. The the NFC by it's to me it's 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 over. I mean they just got to get through these games and and they're gonna they're gonna be it. And so I don't know if Jalen Hurts is gonna lose this. And it's a shame because Patrick Mahomes is having a nice year, but he he doesn't deserve it with with some some of the way that the Chiefs have played this year and they've they've blown it against two good teams that they needed to be to be in control. And you know you get those games and suddenly maybe that they give you the the credit there. But there is such a narrative part of being the MVP. And Hurts right now is checking off all the boxes, whereas Mahomes and, and Burrow still have work to do. It can't it, it can change. But for me, I just don't think the Eagles are falling off. And if Hertz is the MVP favorite right now, how would that change? And so I, I think he he's gonna end up gonna end up getting it. Yeah. And as you know, everybody's looking forward to this Christmas Eve game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. But, you know, the Eagles could lose that game right. um, and still wind up the one seed. Right. The, the Cowboys, in order to leapfrog them, need Philly to lose another game, even if they beat them, right. um, as mentioned on Christmas Eve. Now, to your point, you know, it is a narrative thing. So if you lose that close to the end of the regular season, you know, even if you still lock up the one seed, like that might sway people, um, especially if Mahomes does go off or Burrow, like we said. But for now, it is Jalen Hurts' uh, award to lose. Um, I, I don't think they were giving Miles Sanders enough credit. I mean, holy crap, dude. 17 carries, a buck 44, two touchdowns. He averaged 8.5 yards per carry. That is insane when he carried the ball 17 times. Yeah, I had one. Uh, I'll, I'll get to Sanders in one second. I had one more final take. The, the MVP is people voting. And just people like to vote for new things. 
Patrick Mahomes has an MVP. Sure, that's a good – yeah, there there is, like, Mahomes fatigue the way sure. there is for, like, Mahomes – you've always compared him to, to to Jordan. I've always thought that was a little off. He's definitely Steph Curry, like, at the very <laughs> least. And You know what I'm saying? Like, and there there, well, there was, like, some Curry fatigue that, that came A along. lot of people say miss me with the Jordan takes until he gets more than one Super Bowl, which is fair. So I'll I'll back down and, and give you Steph Curry. Uh, Miles Sanders is, is the man, and this is just – how life works when someone says, don't put me on your fantasy team. You should always do the opposite because now when they don't care about, I did. about, about fantasy, that's something they become this fantasy football monster. But Miles Sanders is a, a big part of this club. You see how, how important he is. And just with the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense and just the way that, that hurts has, has this threat on the ground. You, you never know when he's going to take off, but then he has these, and I'm ready to say it, elite receivers and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And again, with, with the defense, it's just, we, and I'm sorry to say this for, for the Cowboys part of you, RJ, we, we were always looking to the AFC and, and trying to see who are the elite teams. And I, I think that's the bills. I think that's the chiefs. And I think that's the Bengals. I would be stunned if another team came out of the AFC. I'd also be stunned if the Eagles didn't come out of the NFC one team, right? It's just such a, uh, you're kind of flip-flopping on this, Pete. I mean, like the Eagles love is warranted, but you were all you were singing the Cowboys praises a week well, ago, and you were all like, "Well, watch out, you know, me, Dallas can come for this NFC East." You know? Yeah, I think it Houston is, no, it is, shifted my mind they, a little bit. They they, they <laughs> are like they Denver are the probably best, shifted your mind a little bit but, yesterday. But they are the two best teams in the conference: Philly or Dallas. I'm sorry, Philly and Dallas, right? Like they're, I mean, Minnesota, right? Like San Francisco, and we'll get there. But like has yeah, a you're, clear you're ceiling really at this point. Jeremy and this mustache thing. I mean, you 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 may you <laughs> may have a date with with Jeremy week, week um, one of the playoffs, my friend. So that would be impossible because they would have to win the division if, if Dallas is a wild card. So, oh, I forgot. About, um, I, forget, I completely forgot about how the NFL playoffs work. I take right, way to go. I take um, that. Back. Anyway, they can't be the two on seed. the subject on the subject of writing things off. Um, do we are, are like I, I'm prepared to write off the Giants. The Giants of the, have not won a game, like I said, since November oh, 13th. Ed. That was against the aforementioned Houston Texans that they've won one game ed. since they're by. We bagged on the bills since they're by. Um, and and like it would. Look, I, I, we all thought they were going to lose this game. Like, I don't know anybody who picked the Giants in, in seriousness, right? Um, but, like, they didn't look good, um, mm -hmm. which is is really frustrating. I really, you know, and, and now I think if you're a Giants fan, what's really, really, really frustrating is, like, all those things that people have said or were saying, like, oh, this is just a fluky team, a lucky team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're a fraud. Like, it is completely, totally proving to be 100% true. They are 7-5-1. and one. They visit the Commanders on Sunday night. Um, the commanders coming off their bye, who just saw them. After that, they visit the Vikings. Yes, they get the Colts, kind of a lollipop game um, in the penultimate week. And then they visit the Eagles in week 18. And if things break a certain direction, maybe that game means nothing for Philly and they call off the dogs and, and New York squeaks one out. They are currently the seven seed, by the way, Pete, only because of the tie. Had Brian Dable not played for the tie and had they lost, they would be on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, and I, I think. You know, you're having a road game here against Washington coming up. I don't see them winning that one either. And it, it's a complete fall off. The cushion that they had built up by that tremendous start has completely fallen off. They're, they're not that team anymore. They're not playing well. Their stretch down, down here is Washington, Minnesota. Okay, maybe you can beat Indy, but then you have Philly. If Philly has anything to play for, do they have any shot of winning that game? And so I... I think in a very competitive NFC at the bottom there, they're going to fall out. And I don't think this is hard to swallow as a Giants fan. I don't think you should be 
it, it stings to have all this hope at the beginning and to think, okay, maybe they can be splashy in the playoffs. And what's been historically a part of the Giants story is if we just get in the dance, you never know what we're going to do, right? And so that plays into, like, the disappointment that's going to go into they, it. They get in, they're going to do that shimmy, like Pete Sweeney. But, you know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> I promise you that this team, even if they snuck into the playoffs, was not winning this Super Bowl. I, I know what happens when the Giants get in. It, it, that History can repeat itself. It wasn't going to happen with this team. And I, I think in the grand scheme of things, this may be a good thing because now you're not married to, to Danny Dimes. Never right. been a Danny Dimes guy. If you got into the playoffs and say you were able to do the Giants thing and win that first week, how do you go away from that quarterback the next year? Daniel Jones' ceiling is low. That's reality. So this will give you an opportunity to, to look yourself in the mirror when you fall out, because I think it's happening, and say, what are we going to do with the quarterback position? Whereas if you continued the pseudo Cinderella ride, I think it would be a lot more difficult to do that. What New York team has a brighter future? The Jets or the Giants? Because I kind of think it's the Jets. It's definitely the Jets. And I think it's even the, even in the midst of the quarterback, like question marks. You know what I I'm think, saying? Like, I think it's the Jets. I think so. Let, it's an, it's an offensive league. But you're, if you can create you're, you're you can create a your arbitrary yeah. free agent quarterback this offseason. You're you're the guy. And both because the, the Giants and Jets are both going to seemingly be in the mix for somebody like the same person, yeah. right? You're and you it comes for you. Money's equal. Everything's equal. You can pick Giants or Jets. Where are you going I, to be? the? I love what Dable has done. Love, love the guy Kafka from Kansas City. But to me, it, it's the Jets. And because when you're when you're that quarterback, right? What are you really looking for? Well, you're looking for weapons. They got some good young weapons in, in New York, but you're also looking for an elite defense. It's hard to find that in the NFL. You know, it, it really is. And when you're choosing and, and you could say, OK, we have this elite defense. It's going to be able to stop the, the other team. And I only have to orchestrate an offense that scores 21, 24 points to win each and every week. That to me is, is much more attractive than, than what the Giants have going on. And I am, you know, we're, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that quarterback carousel thing is going to be really interesting with both New York teams likely pursuing player X who, who you're describing, whether that be Jimmy G or, or Jared Goff or, or a couple other names here. Tom, Tom uh, Brady. Jared Tom Goff, Brady could be Tom Jared Brady. Goff is also a JG. Yeah. Let's not, let's not discount Jared Goff's JG-ness like Jimmy G. He, he's the only one who gets the G as this like cool exclamation point on his name. Jared G. How about Are that? there any other names that we're, I'm not mentioning there in the, in what could be quarterbacks? out there that, that um could... i mean D daniel jones yeah you know i mean like Jacoby like no i mean seriously uh um, jacoby i suppose um yeah i mean maybe maybe baker mayfield you know what i mean if if you believe in that um i don't um I... maybe aaron Rodgers wants out that wouldn't be free agency well, but you know what we, i'm saying we like, gotta, I mean, we gotta see what happens with with baker mania in la it's very intriguing to me i some people hate this story I want to see if he can keep it going next week. This is suddenly the All Rams right. were uninteresting. Right, the Rams were uninteresting and they're suddenly interesting to me. Um, had that been against anybody except for the Raiders, that would have never happened. But whatever. <laughs> um, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys flew very close to the sun um, on Sunday afternoon, oh, but survived, man. got the oh, win over the Houston Texans, 27 Lord. to 23. Um, you know, how did we have how, how did we have the same Sunday in two completely different games, RJ? I don't know, but I was, you know how it is. Like you, you don't really get a chance to look up from your post game activities. If, if you're in the noon game until like half right. of the afternoon. Right, right. right. And so I, I looked up and I was like, chiefs got this, you know, <laughs> like, I was like, let me, let me go walk the dog. Like everything's great. 
I come back and all hell's broken loose, but we'll get there. Um, they, all hell broke loose very early for the Cowboys. And this is, this has been the criticism. They start slow where they're going to, you know, eat the cheese, what, however you want to put it. Um, and they started off very strong. Houston won the, the toss deferred Dallas went down the field, scored, boom, starting great on defense, three and out. Boom. All right. We're keeping the party going. Houston goes to punt Cavante Turpin, who's been clamoring. I wish they'd punt to me. I wish they'd give me opportunities, calls for a fair catch and muffs it. You cannot do that. Gives the, the Texans the ball inside their own 25 yard line. And from that point on, it really was never the same thing. A um, lot of bad football, um, some costly mistakes from Dak Prescott through two interceptions, not three, like a certain player who refuses to lose, I've been told, um, but uh, but did get the ball back thanks to a miracle stop against the goal line by the Cowboys. 98 yards to go uh, with just over three minutes left in the game. Down by three, Dak Prescott went all the way, six of seven, 79 yards uh, as the Cowboys punched in the game-winning touchdown to get to 10-3. and three. They're uh, second straight season with double-digit wins, the first time they have done that since 1995 and 1996. Yeah, you're going to have bad Sundays, and I, I think this is what it was in Dallas. And, you know, it's 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 a reminder that you can never be completely certain about how a, a game is going to go. I thought coming into this game, 17 and a half felt like a lot. Not to not to say that Dallas isn't isn't is incapable of, of scoring points, but I, I, I thought it was too much. I never thought that Houston would be in a position to win ever just like it like in in the game that i was covering as well on that on, on that side and and it's it's something that i think you put behind you and are just happy that you get out with a win but once again and i'm we could you could play these the same clip for kansas city you got to play cleaner football if you expect to do stuff do stuff in the nfl playoffs right and so you got to get these bad performances out of your system while you can and just feel fortunate that you that you got to win that was something we talked about in our postgame show. I mean, we referenced the Chiefs' loss um, to the Colts early on this season. Of course, the Broncos game had not happened. We mentioned the Eagles almost lost to the Colts. Mentioned the Bills almost losing to the Lions, although that's um, a little bit more respectable, certainly compared to anything else. Um, it happens, right? I mean, it's just you you cannot you can't blow everybody out, right? You can't score 33 points in every single fourth quarter. Um, while the Cowboys did win, um, it came at a cost for them. Um, Terrence Steele, their right tackle, who's been wonderful for them. The big reason, big confidence that they, they, you know, big, they had a lot of confidence in him, I should say, which is why they moved on, uh, from Lyle Collins in the off season. It literally just came out while we're on Pete. This was the fear, but, but it's been confirmed out for the season with a torn ACL. So, um, Cowboys starting right tackle done. Um, the Cowboys had Josh ball play right tackle. And then sure. you could argue he was a big reason for the second Dak Prescott interception. Uh, but on that pivotal game winning drive. Uh, they plugged in future Hall of Famer Jason Peters, um, and he held down the fort. He hadn't he had played five uh, five snaps at right tackle since 2006, and came in and was flawless. I can't believe how certain human beings can do that. That's just crazy. To me. Yeah, yeah. I, I look that that's a that's a big loss, right? At at right tackle, what what's the depth there? I mean, you're you're the expert here. Do you feel like this is a a backbreaker when it comes to what the Cowboys want to accomplish? I mean, if they if they want to play Josh, so. If you recall, I was a little bit down on the Cowboys before the season started, and a big reason was was how they handled the swing tackle position. They they, tra- they cut Lyle Collins and did nothing to address swing tackle, despite Tyron Smith having shaky health issues. He was injured and, and unfortunately kind of proved that concern right. Um, Josh Ball was in competition to be their swing tackle and failed miserably in the preseason and was so bad that he was never an option to replace Tyron when he was hurt. And Tyler Smith saved the Cowboys and got them here. And Tyron actually might make his debut this week. Um, so you, you cannot go Josh ball. You just cannot. So it, 
it would have to be Jason Peters. That, that would be my logical guess. Uh, we'll see what they want to do. But but if it is Jason Peters, you could certainly – there are a lot worse fallback plans than, than, again, a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Nothing really more to say on, on the Texans side of this than let's get this year over, right, at this stage. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, w- I mean, so, I would. Um, all right. Um, do you have any Texans thoughts? Um, I couldn't – I. I I didn't. I don't want to say this, but it kind of felt like if you're a conspiracy theorist, it kind of felt like they ordered the code red. You know, <laughs> like if, if you if you watched the the final uh, what was like I guess the final real offensive position that led to the game winning drive. I mean, it was just a masterclass in buffoonery we, um, we, for Houston. Don't, don't we call that the 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 real Philly special by by Doug Peterson? The, the code red. Mm-hmm. Don't isn't that what we refer to it as? Mm, maybe, um, but. Um, I mean, this team's bad, dude. Their record is really interesting. One, 11, and one. Four ones across the I'm board. a huge binary number guy, and so that to me <laughs> is just very, very attractive, if you know what binary numbers um, are. Do you know what they are? Houston, are they? Um, I don't. I really one don't one and zero. Yeah. They had it before the game, um, and now they, have, they, they continue to keep the, the binary record, which I like. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Baltimore Ravens, shout out to Rachel, um, and shout out to Kyle Barber. I was actually hey, Instagram we, we, we chatting. We, you know, we don't. Well, no, no, no I, I want to eat my crow. Like, you, you, Rachel. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to eat your crow. I'm going to eat mine. I was I Instagram know. chatting with, with Kyle, who was in Pittsburgh, covering the game. Um, and I, I, I was taking my laps, Pete, because I locked up the Steelers on the look ahead. I said, oh, you know, enjoy the trip. He posted a picture of a Christmas tree. It was purple. Any, so he was like, ha-ha, any, Ravens colors. Any butt statues um, in Pittsburgh, or that, is that just? Um, I really don't know. Um, but uh, no pun intended there. But the Ravens held on. They have had some ugly wins as of late, but they are three and one in their last four games. They are nine and four, kind of hiding a little bit in plain sight. Look, if you can get a win without your backup quarterback, there's a lot of merit to that in the NFL, certainly against a division rival, certainly on the road, even though this is a down year for the Steelers. Pittsburgh now falls to five and eight. They have to win out. If they're going to stay um, with Mike, uh, Mike, uh, I was going to say Mike McCarthy, with Mike Tomlin's never falling below 500 thing. But the Ravens, do you believe once again? No, I, I really, I, I'm, I need to know more about when Lamar Jackson is coming back because you know it, it's fun to say that Huntley is Lamar light and and he could he could be this player for for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is a, is a former MVP and and him being available is going to be key for any any of their chances. I, I think moving forward. I also worry, and I've been a and Rachel. Rachel can attest to this. I've been a big Mark Andrews guy. Feel it feels like ever since he had that injury, he's been a bit 
invisible in a sense, just hasn't been the same guy that I've been happy to call in the realm of, of the Travis Kelsey's and the George Kittles. And I, I just, I think they're missing that factor. And, he, and then even Dobbins, who you could say, okay, was their best offensive player this week. He looked not healthy. I, I know that he was able to get 15 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. But if you really watch him, especially on that, that long run, the 44 yarder, I believe it was, he's running with a hitch and just looks like a player that could get injured again at, at any time. And I just think hey, it's, it's, it stinks to say this once again, I, I think the injuries will catch up to this team before the playoffs can happen. And that, that's just the unfair reality of the NFL. And, and so you tell me that Lamar Jackson can return soon. Maybe I feel differently, but I just, I just think this is a team that, that man, you would love to see what they could do if they were healthy at the end of the season into the playoffs. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like Baltimore just kind of can't live up to what I want. You know what I mean? Like kind of like they're, they're in that bills supposed to place. Um, and, and you're right. Like doing it without Lamar is, is impossible. Right. I mean, again, I give you a lot of credit. Shout out to JK Dobbins. It's been kind of a weird season for him. You remember back um, when he was like on the pup list and he had that like public argument with Ian Rappaport about it, you know, it's just kind of been a left footed year um, for JK. And so um, good win. Um, it, it, look, again, you should make no apologies for winning. Certainly if you do it without your starting quarterback, uh, but th this formula is not sustainable, obviously, for Baltimore. Um, do, do we have any, like, strong takeaways on on Kenny Pickett and the Steelers? Like, do, do we think anything you know, profoundly of them? Well, I, I just think when Kenny Pickett goes down and, and gets hurt and you're dealing with Mitch Trubisky, I mean, that that's going to kill any, any of your team's chances. We, we thought Trubisky could reverse his career this year. We identified that he cannot. Kenny Pickett is quite honestly the better option. So we'll have to see what ends up happening with Pickett. I just, you know, that was something that I was hoping that that Mike Tomlin would have a an opportunity to keep is that that idea of just never being under 500. But I, I think at this stage with this one, you know, you're facing a Ravens team. The Panthers are suddenly uh, resurgent. And then you got the Raiders, the Ravens and the Browns. I mean, especially if you're rolling with Trubisky for any of those those games, you you're you're losing one so i i think it's going to come to an end and people thought mitch was going to be so good this yeah that made no sense at any point yeah ever. yeah um and i think it's good for them that they're getting their young quarterback who who seems to have something going there some reps and and you saw the the how critical it is that he stays healthy in in this game right if, if Pickett ends up playing you probably win this game if you're, you're pittsburgh and, and that that's that's a tough thing to swallow the Tennessee Titans, Pete, um, had, had been kind of sputtering. I know a line I'd been saying a lot was they had the, the most impressive losses of any team in the NFL. Yeah. The, you know, Losing to the Giants kind of aged well. They got destroyed by the Bills, but that was okay. Loss to the Chiefs, hey, that's fine. Loss to the Bengals, hey, that's fine. Got destroyed by the Eagles again. Hey, these are some tough teams that you're losing to. No big deal. But you got routed by the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars. This is hard to explain. Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 38 times, uh, had two touchdowns, 254 yards. Derrick Henry had 121 yards and a touchdown, averaged 7.1 yards per carry, had a 50-yard run in this game. You know, I think if I had told you all that before the game, the proverbial, if I had told you, I think you would have said, yeah, you know, Tennessee is going to cruise to another easy win. But Trevor Lawrence has potentially arrived. Uh, I know we've had JP on twice, but maybe this would have been the perfect opportunity. 30 of 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns, two of which went to Evan Ingram. Um, are we believing in Trevor Lawrence? Do we? Do, are, are you willing to say he's arrived? I think so. I think so. And and we had those questions. And and how many times did we say on the show? Stats always likes to remind us that Trevor Lawrence is disappointing, and and Trey Lance gets all this criticism, yada yada. And finally, I think he's living up to what was the first overall pick. 
And we had mentioned in the frame of Zach Wilson just how much better of a situation the Jaguars are than the Jets who are making their number two overall pick inactive. And it's it's something that we're, it, unfortunately for Jacksonville and, and their fans, it, it just clicks a little too late. But what you, you take away from this season is you're going to be a, a spicy pick to win the AFC next year with, with Trevor Lawrence doing that. And of course, you got to get him to come up of the week because he not only has, I think, arrived in a sense, but his ceiling is so high. I'm not ready to go, okay, top 10, top five yet, but you can see it. You can see where he could maybe develop into that. And I, I think that's something that Jacksonville desperately needed to see. And then on the Tennessee side, to me, that's the bigger part of this game when it comes to the implications of this season. We just talked about Detroit to begin the show. Detroit's sitting at six and seven. Tennessee's at seven and six. But if you look at yourself in the mirror and say, which team would you want to bet your chances on? Even though you could you could say, okay, Detroit is a, a game back. They're they're just rolling and they have a different feel than right now. It's fun. You can see where they could rattle off another four wins and enter the playoffs as that six or seven seed. Tennessee, this thing's falling apart. And and they need to to turn the things around quickly. And you're facing teams uh, over the next four weeks that need wins just as badly. We know the L.A. Chargers and the Cowboys need wins. You do get the Texans in there. So perhaps that's your eighth win. And then you get the Jaguars to end the season. So are you eight and eight playing for 500 at that point? And who's to say that you can even beat Jacksonville after this performance and what Trevor Lawrence was able to do today? And so this is a, a Titans team. That is not going to make the postseason, in my opinion, with what we've seen these last three weeks with three losses in a row and who they have ahead and just the way they're playing. So, Yeah, um, I don't know. I think we've we've kind of if there's like the team that has that we've maybe shifted the most on has probably been the Titans. Like everybody took their their victory laps of like this team was the number one seed in the AFC last year, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And then it was like, well, maybe they're actually kind of good. You know, maybe maybe that was fair and warranted. But now it's like. I don't know. I mean, they are so limited. Um, they're like a more evolved version of the Jets. You know what I mean? Like they're they're limited by their quarterback play, and that that's not to say Ryan Tannehill's awful or anything, but they just have such a clear and obvious ceiling. This was bad vibes at the firing, you know, of their general manager this this past week. Like it's just, you know, it's it's you can you can see them kind of sputtering to the end. There's no real like force that they're they're ending this whole thing with. Yeah. No. I and and it's two division teams, and like not only are you taking what would be the Lions right now, I, I think over the Titans, not that they have anything to do with each other, but you're just seeing the shift, I think, in in what'll be the AFC South of of next year and, and beyond, right? This is if Trevor Lawrence truly has arrived, which I, I think I'm ready to say he has, this is gonna be a tough team to beat year in and year out. And like that hourglass and you're seeing the sand kind of kind of fall out from these other teams and 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 it starts in twenty twenty three and it's gonna be fun. I would say um, I know you give the come up of the week to Trevor Lawrence, but maybe Londoners because they get like finally the team of London is, you know, pretty legit. You can rely on them to be good year in and year out. So uh, my dog is very pissed off um, today. Um, it's a really rough day uh, for the Cowboys, obviously, well, even though they won. He, well, I know that I know that I know this about Bear. He's also a fan of the, the London soccer team as no, you know, he's they're they're out at this point. Thanks to that. Uh, you know, Tot Tottenham is your team mm -hmm. and Harry Kane. Um, some people are saying choked in a big moment yeah. um, in the World Cup. To see but as far as teams uh, that barely won, kind of a, a moral loss like the Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs did hold on um, <laughs> against the Denver Broncos. 
this thing was 27 nothing. Like I said, when I walked to the aforementioned bear, um, I'm going to have to silence him in just a moment. Yes. But it was 27 to nothing. Yeah. And then it got to 27 21. How? What happened? Yeah. So uh, this is a, a situation here as RJ leaves the screen to go take care of bear. This is a situation here where I think the play calling offensively, and you know, I don't always say this because I, I, I get upset that people sometimes will question Andy Reid because you question him, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs go on like a five or six game winning streak. But you have a twenty-seven nothing lead, and the Chiefs also too. So this is always a catch twenty-two because then people say that that they get too conservative sometimes and let other teams back in the game. The problem in this game was they were not conservative with a 27 nothing lead you have the ball with less than four minutes a 27 nothing lead and you run the football and then you pass bad interception for patrick mahomes denver scores now you're up 27 to 7 and mahomes just made a mistake unlike him isaiah pacheco's cooking running five yards per carry chiefs have a running back now by the way he is the he's the guy i tweeted that last night then you call five straight pass plays again with a 27-7 lead where you can go into the locker room. And I understand Denver's getting the ball at the half, but you're, you're calling another five straight pass plays and another one ends up in an interception. And then you had the ball with you had, you had the ball up 27 with four minutes to go in the half. And somehow it ended up 27-14. That type of play and decision-making is not going to cut it in the NFL playoffs when you're playing the Bills or, or the Bengals, if you are able to get by them, you make a mistake or two against the Eagles. Could be one of those Super Bowls that nobody wants to watch. The Chiefs played in one of those a couple of years ago. So, like, the level of where the Chiefs want to reach is so high. And if you want to reach that level, Super Bowl or bust, if you, you have to win the Super Bowl if you're Kansas City because of the quarterback and, and what you have, you can't be making mistakes like that. And I think that's my biggest takeaway. Yes, they were able to hold on. Yes, I, I think this was a outlier aberration for Patrick Mahomes more than a trend. He doesn't have interception, three interception type games like this or only two others in his 76 game regular season career. But just alarming in the sense of there's only four weeks for the Chiefs to start playing really clean football. And to me, they have a, a long way to go. This isn't a team that is going to be satisfied with making the AFC title game because of, of just what what they have in, in Mahomes. There's only... I, I think there's a little bit of a fear and, and it's, it gains legitimacy sometimes in, in games like this, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be that new Orleans drew Brees story or that green bear and Rogers story where, you know, you, they get one early and then you sort of think that, you know, they, they are going to be back to many, many Super Bowls, And that, that, that's a lingering fear, right? And it's games like this, that, that add fuel to that fire. I, I don't know how legitimate that is, but I can understand where some chiefs fans look, they're happy that the Chiefs won, but this was not championship football. I right, get in the Terrence Steele article written. You know what it's like um, on, on the article <laughs> side of things instead <laughs> of working on. Uh, but I, I, I think everything – give me one second. Buy me 10 seconds. Okay. You got this. On the, on the Denver side, I think this was the first time that you saw what – you thought you would get in Russ Wilson and at that. All right. I'm going to try that. Anyway. Uh, so I agree with you. Um, yeah. Everything you said, I mean, a win is a win is a win. Um, you're not going to apologize for wins, but you cannot play this way. If you're the chiefs, you cannot be this sloppy. No. Uh, call it a division rivalry on the road, yeah. Denver team, team looking to spoil you and everything like that. But you're so much better than this Kansas city. You are so much better. This would have been 
um, a way bigger deal if this game had not been flexed out. Like if, if the Chiefs had had blown this, I know they didn't blow it, but if they had blown what they they did blow on national television in front of the whole world, it like there would be like national doubt in in the Chiefs this morning. You know what I'm saying? But because this happened, you know, in the, in the window that it did, it's not as big of a deal. Um, I do want to say on the Denver side of things, do we feel like Jerry Judy arrived? I mean, like just a little bit. I mean, like this was the was this not the first moment in Jerry Judy's NFL career? that he's had a moment where we were like, Hey, Jerry Judy, like that had never happened before. Well, I think if you're a Broncos fan, you got to feel finally good for once the way Russ Wilson played. This was, this was an embarrassing effort from the chiefs defense. The the Broncos had scored 13.8 points per game coming into this. They had not scored more than 23. And in the blink of an eye, they had 21 on, on three straight, straight possessions. And Jerry Judy ended up getting three touchdowns in this game. I think he was helped by the fact that Cortland Sutton was unavailable. But it, to me, it's not only a message to the coaching staff and a message to Russell Wilson that this guy can play, but a little bit of a head case, I, I think, in ways for Denver. And so that's made people a little bit turned off on him. But you see him yelling on the sidelines to, to get him the football. And then you see what he was able to do when he was getting the football with nine targets, eight receptions and the three touchdowns. And you're like, well, maybe this this guy that's yelling has a point to like get him get him the ball. The Chiefs defense is young. And so they they really exploited a, a young Chiefs defense. That's a problem, too, on the Kansas City side. But. I think the Denver feeling right now and, and talking with somebody from Denver last night, he gave me a call, uh, someone in radio in, in Denver is that they have something that to, to be positive about heading into what is a marriage with Russell Wilson. This is not a one year deal where mm. he's your quarterback. This is you're married to the, to the QB now. And finally you saw some light. And as soon as that happens, he has to go out of the game with a concussion. I wonder what the final score would have been if Russell Wilson didn't get hurt. Not to say that he would have pulled it off, but I do wonder. Well, if and he I, got that possession that Mark Rippon got, right? And I and I that, that was the, the lollipop interception. Yeah, yeah. Brett Rippon. And I think that that oh, um, who knows Mark Rippon would have got to shoot. I I think that that when is the last time we could say we even wondered what Russell Wilson would have been able to do in a big spot? It's it's been the entire year, so. That's the that's the Denver side of things. Is it false hope? Maybe, but at least there's some kind of, of hope there going on in Denver. And I and I think Kansas City uh, has a lot of work to do. Uh, again, playing clean football and playing better on defense. This does not look like a defense that's going to be capable of, of winning an AFC tournament. The Broncos, by the way, were officially eliminated from playoff contention um, with this loss. Tough. Um, so tough, um, tough scene. The Chiefs did not clinch the AFC West yesterday. Uh, because the Chargers won, we'll get there. We actually need to, you know, kind of skip through these games, Pete. So um, get ready to move a little bit faster. The Carolina Panthers are up to five wins on the season, thanks to a 30-24 to victory on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks kind of losing some of that uh, pre-midnight magic that they had uh, earlier this season. Sam Darnold, 14-24, 120 yards and a touchdown, just kind of stayed out of the way. J.C. Horn really kind of had a moment in this game. But the Seahawks, dude, you cannot lose to the Panthers. You just cannot. This was a really bad look for Seattle. Yeah, I'll make it quick because I know we're, we're rolling here. Seattle is a, a team that is in playoff contention. And at, at times, Geno has looked like a really, really good quarterback that would be capable of winning a playoff game or two. Who knows? Uh, and this was a, a classic case of just getting into too big of a hole. The Seahawks started playing well, but it wasn't until it was 17 nothing, And at that point, they couldn't crawl back into the game. And, and kudos to Carolina, who, what, they trade away their best player. And Steve Wilkes has, has led them back into some sort of relevancy when it, it really... Traded away McCaffrey, traded Robbie Anderson, if you put value into that. Um, waved Baker. I mean, you know, 
I'm hoping that they lean in. Pretty good. I'm hoping that they lean into Steve Wilkes and and make him, you know, the full time guy after this. To me, it seems like him kicking Robbie Anderson off the sideline and then trading him was like so so far. We're so early here in whatever the story is going to be, but that could that's a potential franchise altering moment. Like we're not going to be the the this laughing stock anymore. Get off my sideline. Lean in. It was the lean into that guy. In, it was the kick they needed, right? Lean into lean you. into this head coach. This is this is the mistake the Raiders made. You had a, an interim coach. I understand it's a special teams guy and Rich Passaccia that led your damn team to the playoffs with all of the s that happened in, in the organization last year. And they what they got a hot name who who's very underwhelming this year. Lean into this guy, Carolina. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Mm, lean in. Um, good for you, Carolina Panthers. Um, it was impressive. I mean, it, it really, really, really was impressive. Um, like I said, tough loss for Seattle. And again, they are out of the playoff picture right now by that half game, that time that the Giants have eats them in. Um, Disappointing for you. Disappointing. Um, we, I, I would challenge you not to make a single Brock Purdy pun, uh, but the San Francisco 49ers soundly defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All sorts of Mr. Relevant lines and jokes and records and statistics i mean it was impressive like nobody is disputing this but like people be like well this is the first game that a mystery relevant has started so like we don't have to hear the first for every single thing like we understand that literally everything that is being accomplished here is the first time it has ever happened you don't have to repeat that and regurgitate that every single time san francisco handed down a big dub uh 35 to 7 is noted they are nine and four on the season the bucks are in first place in the <laughs> nfc south at six and seven yeah i think this was a a big deal for for both sides of it pretty bad game for for really tampa bay and, and their defense what i would uh what i would tell you is on the one side it, it doesn't matter for tampa bay just because they're gonna get in the playoffs based upon their division on the san francisco side this was the light the shining of light that you needed to say we we still have a lot to play for here it, it doesn't necessarily matter that that our, our our starting quarterback went down our backup quarterback went down Purdy isn't isn't doing anything fantastic in my opinion, but he's fine. Right. And if you have the other pieces around you, you can, you can do damage. The 49ers did that. We talked to Kyle about that a few weeks. Like the 49ers kind of did that with that first iteration of Jimmy G before Trey Lance was even a thing. And they got all, all right. the way to the Super Bowl, and they could do that with this team. It's, it, there are some parallels there. And I think it makes the 49ers interesting in, in, in the, the playoffs. And as far as the bucks go, what are they looking at right now? They're looking at having a home playoff game and losing it, I, I think, <laughs> unless, unless something drastic changes here. Uh, I wouldn't count the Panthers out. I mean, or the Falcons for that matter. You think, I mean, you think there's still an opportunity for them? I don't have the standings they, in front they, of me. They mathematically, the Panthers, do control their own destiny. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they, I recognize this sounds silly, but like, if they went out, it's What's theirs. the Panthers' so schedule they, quickly here? Um, I can get that. Okay, I got it. I got it. At home, at home against the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers and Lions, and then visiting Tampa Bay and New Uh, Orleans. That's tough. They're not making the the toughest game on their schedule is Detroit. I mean, they're not. But Tampa, similarly, Tampa's about to get the Bengals, who you mentioned. Then do you trust them to beat the Cardinals? I mean, then then the Panthers, who they already lost to. Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it it might. What about Atlanta? Atlanta has New Orleans, which is winnable. At Baltimore, if Lamar's not there, you never know. Arizona is going to be kind of a sneaky factor in this uh, this NFC South. I don't know. I really don't care who. I, I hope it's the Panthers. You don't I care mean, as a Cowboys fan because that's you don't. Well, care. that's likely the team that, that I w- I don't want it to be the Bucks. That's the level of care I have. I, I mean, <laughs> and I don't think the Bucks are good, but I have no problem acknowledging I'm afraid of Tom Brady. So keep him far away. From so as it stands today, I see what you're saying now because I've just brought up the standings. Dallas because of 
the Eagles' ridiculousness are the five seed at right. ten and three, and you would have to visit Tampa Bay and play. Wow, what a game! What a what a first round wild card game. Tom Brady versus the Cowboys in Tampa. I want it. All I, I want. That's say, what I want. All I would say to that. Um, I don't know if you knew this or remember this, but after the week one game last year, the the really good game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers in Tampa, um, the Dallas almost won. Dak famously told, or uh, infamously, I guess, told Tom Brady, we'll see you again, which was this like, we'll see you in the playoffs. And then Dallas lost their first playoff game. Um, so, and then they did see them again this week in week one and they sucked and Dak was injured. So this would finally be <laughs> um, that coming to fruition. Although Tom Brady is 6-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, at the beginning of the year, in the NFL, this is just NFL meme trends. I'm him was a a big meme that it seemed like everybody was doing, and now it has oh, shifted. Yeah. Timothy, yeah, we we have seen it sort of shift into seeing teams again. I feel like that has been a storyline in a lot of games here toward toward the middle and end, more so than in previous seasons that I can recall. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit. I mean, you mentioned the Robert Sala thing. About yes, the Bills, that's what they so, mean. Um, yes, yeah. I I think that's fair. Um, I did want to say one thing on the San Francisco side of this, and I in no way am intending to be like hot take guy. Uh-oh. Um, but to your point, like, okay, Kyle Shanahan like made this thing work and sing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan made this thing work and sing with Brock Purdy. Now, to be fair, the Bucks stink, and the Dolphins are kind of falling apart. We're about to finish this up with them. But like, why did you trade heaven and earth for Trey Lance? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if if you can. If you can clearly operate with limited quarterbacks, like why did you need Trey Lance? I don't think. And then why did you refuse to start him? I mean, like that that decision making is still suspect. I don't think you're wrong about that, and I think that's far from a hot take. I I really do. I I think it, like it's it's just like the math of it is is interesting. I think I'm not, I, I'm not even saying is, it's stupid. It's just my weird. theory on it is at the time they thought you're supposed to do this. Quickly. They thought that Trey Lance was the guy. They that was a a a guy like a Mahomes or an Allen that you just go and you 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 forfeit some of your future because and the jury is still very much out on on him but to this stage it looks like a colossal mistake and there's no other way to say it um final game of the season the season final game of the, of the day uh the Los Angeles Chargers hosted final the Miami game Dolphins the season. This game was flexed into I'm going to go on vacation uh, the Somewhere Chargers tropical. won 20, 23 to 17. Justin Herbert threw the ball a career high 51 times, completed 39 of them, 367 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler had one on the ground. Um, it was a really sound win for the Chargers. Maybe the best that the Chargers have looked all season. Justin, they have they have they, they said in the postgame interview they did with uh, Keenan Allen and, and Justin Herbert did with Melissa Stark that Keenan Allen said this was I, he what he felt like was the best they'd played, the most they had played on all yeah, all phases of the ball all season long. I agree with that. Yeah, the the Chargers are are one of these teams I think that could find their way as a wild card and be a team you just don't want to see. And a, a big reason for that is Justin Herbert, who is a top five quarterback. I would even put mm-hmm. him higher than that. What's disappointing for me, and again, this is in a vacuum because I'm I'm Mr. Arrowhead Pride, I'm Kansas City, but I I would love to see what Justin Herbert could do with a Sean Payton. And and especially what Peyton was able to do with Drew Brees and and really, I think, just putting an enhancer on his life and career. And I think if the Chargers make the playoffs, they're going to stick with Brandon Staley. And it's one of those things where you, you do sacrifice this because I, I think this team can go on a run. But at the same time, would it make for a better and more historic career for your quarterback if you were able to get Sean Payton in the building? So I think it also has long-term implications as far as this year goes. The Chargers are starting to pick up at the right time. 
you, I believe at some point, will get Bosa back, which will be a huge deal for your defense. He's one of those, as you would know, RJ, one of those Mike, Micah Parsons type players that could really change with just adding one TJ Watt, you know, same realm, that type of thing. And so they're they're keeping the ship afloat and and kudos to to Michael Michael Peterson's team here. I, I think I think they are someone that again you're not going to want to play in a postseason. And in Miami, you're seeing I hate to say this, you're seeing the limitations of, of Tua. At one point, Tua was three of seven. Yeah, that's what I I was. I, I'm glad that you said that because I knew he was three of something, but I didn't have the other end of that stat. That that's that Monday Football Monday mind melt that we always try to mm. to accomplish here. But you, I think you leave yourself asking a question of, okay, you know, we have this run game that McDaniel has really orchestrated. You have two of the best receivers in the league, and in, in Jalen Waddle and, and Tyree Kill. What did what are you most concerned about if you're Miami, both now and in the future? I mean, it's so clearly Tua. It is. And and I know I mean, Miami fans I, don't want to admit that, but it's 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 real. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think we're we're out of the woods as far as like the Tua storyline with the Dolphins. Like they're moving on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, um, couldn't you see like um, you know, like like you're 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 at you're in your tropical vacation you talked about, and all of a sudden the report comes in, well, it's like the Miami Dolphins are are trading two first and Tua to the Ravens for Lamar Jackson. Well, here's the reality. You know here, I mean? Here's what's tough about this because when you mentioned how if the Chiefs and Broncos hadn't gotten flexed out, there would be a lot of national heads talking about the Chiefs and their questions. This was on the national stage. And mm-hmm. what made it worse is it wasn't just Tua against any quarterback. It was Tua yeah, against the guy, right, right, right. Justin Herbert, the guy who last night. And and, and he went off, of, right? Like, it's not just that it's against Herbert. It's that Herbert was and, and you're seeing the stat go up. First three seasons, he has the most passing yards of all time. You're seeing him make throws that you just know that in your heart. Tua would never, ever be able to make. It was just the worst type of scenario for Tua defenders, Tua non, the Miami thing. And I just, I wonder where they go both in this season here because they were right in the mix for an AFC bye before this game. And in the future, I think it's, I think this is the type of game that could have long-term implications of a franchise. They lost. They've certainly lost their their lead or whatever you want to call it. Their ability to to clinch the bye or to to clinch the AFC East. It was a very prosperous. Another great week for the Bills. Like kind of an ugly win, but they won. Obviously, the Jets lost and the Dolphins lost. So they're continuing to put more distance between themselves and their AFC East foes. Whether or not you believe they they were ever going to lose that, you know, it's up to you. But still, it was mathematically possible. Um, so just tough scene for the Dolphins in that stretch. Um, you you mentioned it. The Chargers do have the makings of like a team who could pull off a shocking playoff win that doesn't win the Super Bowl, right? Like there, there's always that one team who like, um, like who did the Titans? It was the Titans that beat the Ravens um, the well, year that the Chiefs played the Titans in the AFC title game. Is that yes. right? Yeah. So like some, something uh, like that, like, you know what I'm saying? No, like the if you're Titans over the Patriots, I, I, okay. that's what it was. But like, you get what I'm yes. saying? Like some, something where like, Oh, the would be King won't have to face, a, a really big threat because the Chargers wiped them Here, out. On here's the, the playoff situation. This will be a nice segue into to Monday Night Football. Right now, if the season ended today, the Chargers would be visiting the Chiefs on Wild Card Weekend, which I am See, telling like, you right now would be a scary matchup for Kansas I, City. I believe in the Chiefs, honorary Kingdom member, but like yes. that's that's what I'm saying. Like like the 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 Bills bug like that's like use the this AFC playoff picture as the example. The Bills bugaboo in the playoffs is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We all know that, and so like. The Bills right now are the, the only team that would, who would have the buy in the AFC. Wouldn't it be just like kind of vintage NFL playoffs for the Chargers to wipe the Chiefs out for the Bills 
and the Bills to not have to deal with them in route to finally get into the Super yes. Bowl. Like that that would that that's and, the way this thing goes. And 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 just so everybody knows too, in, in this playoff picture that we're talking about, if you listen before Monday Night Football, if New England were to win tonight, they enter the seventh seed. So it would be mm. the Chargers on the outside looking in. The Chargers are rooting for the Arizona Cardinals tonight. I do not think that will happen. I think the Patriots are going to win because I don't believe in the Cardinals. Whatsoever. So you you think you think we wake up on Tuesday football Tuesday and the Patriots are in the seventh? Well, I don't think we even have to wake up. I think it's before we go to sleep on Monday football Monday, unless you're going to sleep before the game ends. It just depends on how the game goes. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know, dude. There's a lot of stuff. I've been watching that Pepsi documentary on Netflix about the fighter jet. That thing is interesting. I have been watching a show called 1899 that is spooking me out. Have you seen this show on Netflix? I have, but we are very up against it from a time perspective. <laughs> uh, this show has been Oof. on for 1899 uh, minutes at this point in time. Give us your Monday Night Football pick, Cardinals or Patriots. Mm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the team I'm rooting for because as you – I know You want the Chargers no, out. You're well, afraid. They live in your head rent-free. No, wow. I, I don't really care. I, I love – I mean, I, you know, as an unbiased football fan, I would love to see Chiefs and Chargers in the playoffs. I, 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 I'm rooting for Arizona because I need – um, the Patriots fantasy defense to not do well. So I'm going to just st- stick with my, my, my guy, Kyler tonight. I did a bold thing, just a wrap in my fantasy league of record. Um, I have young way Koo as my kicker. And this game was basically for the, the one seed for me. Um, but I'm already in the playoffs and I don't want to lose, you know, young way for the playoffs. So I kept him and you know what I mean? Bold move. Cause I don't, I don't want to risk losing him. Um, and I thought if I can still win this game with him, that would set me up rather nicely. So I have a 21 point lead right. up against Hollywood Brown. I I think I got. I'm it. on the eighth. I'm on the seventh seed, and I need I need I need to get into the sixth seed. I made a key change, and this is a bigger one than you did. I benched Tom Brady this week, and I picked up Trevor Lawrence. My guy dropped 30 in a in a big no spot. No he's the come up. Yeah, the is wow. it for both for both for both the Jaguars and for Bayheim's army. So uh, thank you, Trevor Lawrence. All right, Rachel. We are sorry that we went on for three hours, um, but we do love <laughs> you and talk appreciate about. you. And we would like to hear your Monday night football pick um, and what you liked about what we had to say and who wins the MF double MVP. Cause that's ultimately what matters the most. I have to start with my takeaways first. Of course. Of course. Um, even though I agree with Pete's take on JK Dobbins, cause I do think that he looked off. Um, I missed him. So it was nice to see him return to the lineup. We wouldn't have been able to win that game without him. So even though there are current concerns when it comes to like injuries with uh, Tyler Huntley being out and with Lamar being out, we wouldn't have won that game without J.K. Dobbins. So I missed him and I was happy to see him look good in that performance. Also, McKinnon, the running back for the Chiefs, looked really, really good. And he contributed. uh, He missed him and he covers him. Interesting. when it came to like the passing game. So that was cool to see him um, when it yep. came to like his role. Um, my takeaways from today, I really like the kind of like question that RJ presented. Not liking the way about... this is going already. <laughs> the like who has a brighter future between the New York teams. I thought that that was really good to bring that up. Um, I also really, really liked your point about like the Bengals and they still just don't sleep on that team. Mm-hmm. And you also presented another question about Kyle Shanahan. Um, why do why did he need Trey Lance? 
Good day for RJ. A, it takes a lot for somebody to present questions. It takes it takes a lot more. But I, it was good conversation starters. Present, like I really to present you. answers you. for the people for these questions. Yeah. I just want to say but that. Remember, yeah. he disrespected the Ravens. I challenged our Ravens. I didn't disrespect. I <laughs> challenged, but Pete disrespected. Yeah. But go ahead, Rachel. Yeah. So stock down Chiefs and stock down Seahawks. Um, wow. But yes, yes, yes. Uh, the winner for today is definitely RJ. Oh my so. goodness. See, you know. I, Let's go. I, I think we're, you know, I, 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 it's, I'm sorry, Pete, the floor is mine. I have one. <laughs> um, I would like to thank Rachel um, for always believing in our Ravens. I would like to thank Rachel for believing in my questions and my ability to start <laughs> conversations. I would like to thank Jeremy for inspiring me with the aforementioned mustache that you talked about, Pete. Um, that was the lone good point that you made today. I would like to thank time for existing and being infinite and allowing us to go on for all of it here on this episode of Monday Football Monday. Um, and mostly, um, I would like to thank myself for the heroic performance that I put on. I got the win just like the Cowboys did. 27-23. <laughs> Who cares? Lock it up. 10 wins. We're the best. This uh this this podcast is under protest and and you guys will be <laughs> some of my representation. That's all. Mm. Also, also want to thank Bear for being a bad boy and barking and slamming on the door several times. Uh, so kind of a you know a toxic work environment for me this particular episode. But I powered through. You know what, Rachel? I'm gonna break this MF double MVP in half and I'm gonna give half to you because you deserve it. Thank you. Pete, note that Pete has never done that. Yeah. So um, yeah, he hasn't actually. I wouldn't. Done that. I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> uh, Pete, um, in the spirit of the Chargers kind of now being the subject of social media, I would like you to send us home with the sound um, of Chargers. However you want to take that. Whatever whoa, wait, wait. Okay. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.